If I haven't met you yet, my name's James. It is so, so good that you're here. Thank you for coming this morning. It's amazing to be here, to celebrate, to sing, to learn about Jesus, but also to experience God as well. So in our lives, we are called to know lots of stuff from the Bible, know lots of knowledge, but also at the same time to experience God. Those two have to go together. Okay, they need to go together. Um, so... I want to ask you a question. Just have a second to think about it. What is the one prayer in the whole world that you could ever pray in your lifetime that God wants to answer more than any other prayer? Okay? Any other prayer. And you can put the first slide up. So just have a think for a moment. What is the one prayer that God wants to answer? If you think of the main thrust of the whole Bible, or if you think of even the Lord's Prayer, what is it really about? And I would say it's, this is the prayer God loves more than any other. God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And you think of the Lord's Prayer, the main kind of center of it is, Lord, let your kingdom in heaven come to earth. Let your will happen on earth now. And what is the main thing of heaven is the glory of God. So it's all about God, the glory of God in heaven. Let it come to earth. Let us see, let us experience. Experience more of the glory of God. So when Moses in the Old Testament in Exodus 33 prayed this prayer, God, show me your glory. I think God was so proud of him, so pleased. And it's a prayer he wants us to pray this morning. In fact, let me just quickly pray for us. Lord, we pray, show us your glory this morning. As those shepherds were so blessed to see a glimpse of your glory. Lord, in our weakness, in our frailty, in our vulnerability, come and show us your glory and strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. So Carol read out this amazing passage, and I love the story of the shepherds. It is, I just so envy them. I want, I want to see what they saw. They experienced the glory of God, and I, I bet that their lives were changed forever. They rushed to go and find Jesus. Then they, they encountered the glory of God in Jesus as well. So they encountered the glory of God twice in this one passage. Once in the field and once in Jesus, the glory of God. But what is the glory of God? It's a very kind of weird word. It's very hard to get your hands on. What is the glory of God? Well, the glory of God is a little bit like a tsunami Imagine if a massive wave come and hit us this morning, and it's a wave of God's holiness, of his loveliness, his kindness, his brilliance, his purity, his majesty. And one minute you might be feeling far from God, and you know some stuff about God in your mind, some knowledge of God. You've read in the Bible, you know he's holy, you know he's pure, he's big, he's majestic, he's love. But when the glory of God comes, like with the shepherds, they would have known those things from their, from their Jewish background. Oh my goodness, suddenly when the glory of God comes in the room, you know God is holy. There is a big difference. And I don't know if anyone's experienced that. I can feel it now. You know, when we talk about God's glory, his glory starts... I, I, can't, I can't describe it, I can't understand it, but his glory starts appearing more. And I'm not just talking about us just having spiritual experiences for the sake of it. I'm talking about us knowing that he is holy. Knowing that he's holy. Like, 
being so convicted and experiencing his holiness. And his, yeah, I love the stories of the first vicar of this church, William Pennyfather, who um, you can read about him that whenever anyone met him, they would say that he had this atmosphere of God's holiness that would just come across and would impact you and would hit you. An atmosphere of God's holiness. That's the glory of God. It's not just something you can read in the Bible. Yes, we desperately, without this, we'd be completely, um, we wouldn't be able to do anything and we'd go wrong all the time. We need the truth. But the glory of God is like a tsunami of the Word of God coming alive in our lives. And the glory of the Lord, just like it came to the shepherds, God wants to bring his glory in this gathering now, in this service, in this meeting. And when you're in your bedroom, when you're at home praying, or you're driving, or at work, God wants to reveal his glory to you. When you're reading your Bible, it's not just about knowledge. Jesus is the word of God. He's alive. And he wants to fill your heart, fill your body, fill your mind with his glory. So you can see I'm, I'm struggling to describe what the glory is because it's almost impossible to, de- to, to, to define what the glory of God is. But it's an atmosphere where God shows up and he says, look, I'm holy now and you're going to experience my holiness. And we get filled like the shepherd, shepherds with a fear of the Lord. Like suddenly, wow, God, I'm kind of afraid of you in a good way. God, you are really holy and you are beautiful and you are love. And, I, and you're my daddy, you're my Abba. I love you. Oh God, you're so kind to me. Wow. That's the glory of the Lord. And it's different from just knowledge. Okay? So I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm praying that somehow God would speak through me <laughs> in some way. Um, and the question is, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to experience the glory of God in its fullness. And it is going to be an experience experience like we've never had before like the shepherd's experience was like down here and they saw thousands of angels but as soon as we die we go into heaven we will experience the glory of the lord and it is going to be so electrifying so all-consuming so incredible more than any pleasure we could ever imagine times a million on this earth and it will last forever the question is Are we meant to wait till we die to experience some of that glory? Are we only meant to just read stuff and have head knowledge? Or are we actually meant, like the shepherds, are we actually meant to start experiencing? And when I read the Bible, when I read the Old Testament, Jesus' life, the New Testament, it doesn't seem to say that it's meant to be about head knowledge. It's head knowledge plus experience of the Spirit. It's word and spirit. It's knowledge and the glory of God being revealed. And we need to be Christians. You know, there's something deeply troubling about the church today in our nation that it's polarized. Word, intellectual, Bible people on one end, and then Holy Spirit, crazy, Pentecostal people on the other. You know, we desperately need both. We are impoverished if we only have one. And in my life, I want to be more in love with the word of God And I want to become more and more filled with the Spirit, actually experiencing His glory. And when we get those two together, like many here have experienced, it is so powerful. So the shepherd's story isn't to 
condemn us and make us think, oh, I've never had anything like that, or I'm not a spiritual person like that. That doesn't happen to me. I'm a second-rate Christian. No, it's not like that. It's an invitation. The shepherd's story is an invitation. We are the shepherds. We are the shepherds in this story. This is it's it's an illustration for us now. God's speaking to us saying, you people, you're like the shepherds. And I'm inviting you, if you would like to, you don't have to. I won't love you anymore or any less. You're saved, you're rescued, you're going to heaven. But if you would like to experience the glory of God now, today, this week at work, then you can. Now I'm going to do a, a little demonstration now. So I've asked Lubosh. He has no idea what's going to happen. But Lubosh, can you come up? In a moment, I'm going to put a painting up on the screen. Not yet, but I need to blindfold you first. And what I want you to do is, just, just, I want you to guess what the painting is, okay? Now you're allowed to ask ten questions. So, if I might get the other microphone, Graham, the red one. So you're allowed to ask ten questions. And everyone in the, audience, in the church needs to just say yes or no. And you need to try and guess what this question is, the, what the painting is. So, close your eyes. Now, Michelle made me this hat. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it's my wood-cutting hat. So, um, okay, show the painting up on the screen. Sorry about the mild nudity in the painting. It's just... Okay, so that's given you a clue. Now... Can you just try, you can ask 10 questions and we can only say yes or no. Try and work out what the painting is of. Oh, first question, is it the countryside? Is it countryside? Yes. Yes. Uh, Are there any people? Yes. (laughs) Animals? Yes. So, what what am I supposed to guess? No, there is countryside with people and animals. Actually, you pretty much got it. Keep asking. (laughs) You're better than I thought. This is amazing. <coughs> so, well. It's a painting of something specific. Oh, is it? Oh, so is it, um, is there, um, is there, is the, is the Christian motif? Yes. Is it, um, is it, um, is it, um, is it, is it, uh, people uh, <laughs> meeting Jesus, God, in any way? Um, people meeting people? I would say they are meeting God in some way, they yes. They are meeting God in some way. So they yeah. are... They are on a journey, meeting God, going toward, going towards the destinations on the distance. Mm, no, no. And then, uh, no, 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 no. so, uh, so they are, um, so they are people on a journey uh, with animals, uh, shepherds. Yeah. No, no shepherds. Uh, they are people in the countryside, going yeah. somewhere. Not going somewhere. No, not going. Or staying somewhere. Oh, yeah. c- celebrating, worshiping God. Yeah, worshiping God. Is there Jesus present? No. Well, probably, God, yeah. G- g- probably <laughs> present. <laughs> wow. We don't want to tell him heresy. So then, uh, probably, how many more questions? I have one question, maybe, or two. One more, yeah, go on. One, one more, more question. Is, 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 it, is, that, is that painting of uh, the church? No. No. So, take your um, Bible off. So this is the painting up here. And you did really, really well. So it's the Garden of Eden oh. with Adam and Eve. Oh, well done, Lee Bosch. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well done. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I would, I would say 
most of my life, when I've, I've really wanted to know God and I've read the Bible and I've worked hard to know him, but every now and then God will just reveal his glory in an act of grace, like to the shepherds. And like Lubosh could suddenly see that picture. Suddenly, you know, when, when God's glory comes, it is totally, it always has to be biblical, yeah, always in line with the Bible. But when his glory comes, we just know him more. We suddenly, we can see, wow, that's what you're like. We feel what he's like. We get it. It goes from our head to our hearts. And that's what happened to the shepherd. And it's a wonderful thing. That can happen to us today. And we're going to pray for that in a moment. So this is, this is an invitation for us. Um, so let's look really quickly at the story of the shepherds. Lessons about God's glory. Firstly... The first thing about this story, it's about weak people. Weak people. When weak people experience God's glory, he uses them for amazing things. These shepherds, we know you would have heard this probably, were on the lowest rung of the social ladder in Israel. They were despised. They were on a par with crooked tax collectors who worked for the Romans and dung, dung sweepers. So have we got any dung sweepers here? I'm really sorry if that's you. You're on the, yeah. For in Israel, you were on the lowest rung if you're a dung sweeper. But if you were a shepherd, you were on the lowest rung in those days. In Israel, you were an outcast. You were despised. People just didn't like you or trust you if you were a shepherd. Now, I want to ask, what is the point of this story? You could easily cut this story out of the Bible. You wouldn't really lose any of the narrative, well... I mean, it is an amazing story, but everything would still happen. The gospel would still happen. Why did God go to the trouble of arranging thousands of angels to go and meet with this group of scruffy outcasts, these shepherds? What is the point of it? Why? And the point is that God's using this story for us right now to tell us, this is how I work. This is what I do. This is the only way I want to work is picking up, is using weak, vulnerable people like James Herring or like Michelle Herring or like you guys here. We are weak, we're vulnerable, we're frail. God's way of working is he wants to graft us into his story of redemption. So each one of us, you might feel in your workplace, it's so secular. People are just, either they're atheist or they just, you just feel so small. They make you feel small because you believe in Jesus and that he's risen from the dead. You feel weak, maybe. You know, you are the exact person that God is wanting to graft into his story. He's wanting to pick you up and breathe his glory on you, like the shepherds. They were the weakest, the outcasts. But boy, when they got the glory of God, they were unstoppable. They were powerful. And it says they rushed straight off, and they went and told people everywhere about what they'd heard. So God wants to use you and me because we're weak, because we're frail. God didn't send all these angels to like the government or to the religious leaders. He sent them to just normal people. Put, put your hand up if you feel weak in general life. Or if you feel like in your family or your workplace, it's, it's hard to get through to them about Jesus. Well, if you find that, if you find it's hard, then you're the one God wants to use. So watch out. God's speaking to you right now. The second thing is that God came suddenly 
all of a sudden into the mundane, into the boring, into the normal. They'd been doing this job probably their whole lives. Nothing like this had ever happened when suddenly he came. And you might for years have felt far from God or discouraged or disappointed with God. And your life maybe just feels just like your spiritual life, mundane, boring. That is the time when God can break in. And I think through this story, God is saying, this morning, I want my children, I want to break in. All of a sudden, things can change like that. They can be going one way, the wrong way, and suddenly, God's glory comes, and then they turn around. Things in our families, in our workplaces can turn around. So let's lift our eyes and stir our faith. God is on the move. The third thing, so he uses weak people, he comes suddenly. The third thing is that the shepherds, it says, were already nearby to Jesus. They weren't far away like the wise men. It says in the scripture they were really close by. And I wonder if they had been miles and miles away, the glory of God wouldn't have shown up to them. They were just so close geographically to Jesus. Now for us, it's not about geography, it's about our hearts. If we want our, our lives to be filled with his glory, let's live camped out like the shepherds, close, close to Jesus, close to Jesus. You know, there's something so powerful about living a focused life. I think Andy or someone preached about this, the other, somebody the other week, about living a focused life. Would, are you happy this week to try living a focused life? This Christmas, focus on one thing, Jesus. Jesus, we want more of you. We want to focus on you. It's like camping out near to Bethlehem. Camping out near to Jesus each day. Let's focus on Jesus. In James 4.8 says, Draw close to God and he will draw close to you. If you would like to experience more of the glory of the Lord in your life, draw close to him and he will draw close to you. Ephesians 6.18, Paul says, pray in this spirit on all occasions. So he's saying, Paul's saying, focus all the time. Be praying at work, at home. Be praying, be praying, be praying. The fourth thing. The shepherds were in no rush. I think so, so often we are so rushed. But they were doing nothing. It was night time. They were just literally just sitting there. In fact, apparently in those days, shepherds were known as lazy people because they just sat around watching sheep. There's nothing, literally nothing to do. And I, I read an account by a, a, a contemporary historian of that day that shepherds were known as lazy. because they didn't really do. Now, God's not calling us to be lazy, but I think often we are so rushed that I think if the glory of God appeared to us, we would probably completely miss him. Because the glory of God often comes very gently. So often I've heard of many church gatherings and meetings throughout church history where the glory of God would just roll in very gently like a cloud. And if you're not careful, you can totally miss him. If, you're, if your mind is rushed, if you're hurried onto the next thing and the next thing. And maybe we need to take more time out to get more strength to do God's work. Maybe we're too busy doing God's work and doing life to get God's strength and God's glory. So let's slow down and enjoy more of his glory. 
the fifth, fifth thing is that the shepherds encountered the glory of God. They only had one thing going for them, these poor guys. They were, and if you, um, the, the series on the chosen is amazing. It, the first ever episode is about the shepherds. It's a pilot episode. And it shows them as, even they go to the temple when they get rejected by the priests because their sheep aren't good enough. It's really sad. They've got nothing going for them apart from one thing. They've encountered the glory of God. And I would say that's true for us. We don't really have any strength in ourselves, nothing going for us other than we can experience the glory of the Lord. When we experience Him and when we know His Word, we have something incredible. And we've been running an Alpha course lately in the Nika Cafe. And last week, it was the last one, we just prayed for the Holy Spirit to come. And and for the glory of God to touch people. And one lady who wouldn't call herself a Christian, she, just, she said like a wave came across the room and hit her and washed over her. And she said she felt really happy, not sad, but she just cried and cried and cried. And she'd never experienced that. She wasn't a Christian yet. And we've seen her a few times since. And I asked her, like, how's your life been different since? And it has honestly changed. Just because she had a tiny bit of the glory of God. And the same um, worship at the well last Sunday evening. Our kids came along, which they don't normally come along, but it was, it was early, it was six till seven. So they came along and they were you know, causing a bit of mayhem, a bit of noise. But Michelle was encouraging them. She was, I could watch her, I was watching her and she was saying, come guys, hold out your hands and just wait for Jesus and sing the songs. And all of a sudden, Reuben went all funny and Michelle said, Reuben, are you okay? And something amazing happened to him that he, he said afterwards the Holy Spirit hit him and he started shaking. And he went into this really, he looked shocked, didn't he? Like he was seeing some sort of vision or something. He was shaking and it, he said afterwards, it felt, I felt like I was in a, in a hot tub, in a jacuzzi. I went all hot and I was shaking. But the most beautiful thing, and it makes me cry thinking about it, is the next day and the next day, he, so he called me into his bedroom. He should have been asleep. He's like, Daddy, Daddy. And I went in. He said, Daddy, I just love Jesus so much. Daddy, I love Jesus so much. And he keeps asking me, can, can I read the Bible with him? Because he struggles to read and he's, he's struggling at school. But he's, he's got the glory of God in a little way. Just a little glimpse. And that tiny glimpse at worship at the well, he has changed He's still naughty at times and winds me up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and he felt, he felt God's, he, he thought he heard God in the meeting say, hello everybody and hello Reuben. <laughs> and he literally thinks he, he can't tell the difference between his physical ears and his mind. Did he actually hear it? But he met the glory of God. It's a wonderful thing. That's what the shepherds encountered. That's what, that's what we need. And in Exodus 33, Moses said, God, I've got a hard job. I can't lead these people. Show me your glory. And God was so thrilled, so delighted. And God said to him, okay, stand in this little cleft in the rock and I will let all my glory pass by. And it, it just would have been so wonderful and so strengthening for Moses. And in 2 Corinthians 3, it says, we are in a greater covenant than Moses. 
we can experience the glory of God more than Moses. We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And Paul's saying that when we contemplate the Lord's glory, we get changed. We become like him. So let's do that more and more. I love the story about when Solomon dedicated the temple. Suddenly a cloud came into the temple and filled it and fire fell down from heaven and the priests couldn't even minister they had to come out it was the glory of the lord and you look back at church history that has happened time and time again you think of these many any revival often the churches will be filled with a physical cloud of god's glory i mean that's not the important thing the important thing is that people know his holiness his goodness his love and the last thing when the shepherds experienced this glory, it made them rush to Jesus. You know, Jesus Christ is, is the one main display of God's perfect glory. He is the image of God's glory, perfectly encapsulated in Jesus. And the glory of God, when we experience his glory, it makes us rush to Jesus, and it must do. And they rushed, and they found Jesus, the baby in the stable, and they experienced again the glory of God in this little baby. Now, the glory of God has been fully revealed in Jesus, but that doesn't stop us from experiencing the glory of God now. It merely gives us permission. It releases us. It allows us. It now says, hey, you're God's children now. You're God's child. God has come down in the flesh he has pulled out his spirit. He's ascended up to heaven. And I, God says, I want you to experience my glory. So I've finished now, but I would just love to pray for us. God's greatest desire for us, for all eternity, the whole thrust of the Bible is that we experience his glory. And our faith is not just about head knowledge. God save us from that. It's also about encountering the real risen Jesus Christ who is here by his spirit in this room and his glory is in this room right now and he lives within us. Let's not live like Lubosch with a blindfold. <laughs> let's receive the glory, of, let's experience his glory. Let's live in his glory I would encourage you when you pray, when you read your Bible, and I've been doing this more and more, I kneel down when everyone's gone to bed and I say, God, show me your glory. And I read the Bible as well, but I say, God, show me your glory. And suddenly, I wait and wait and suddenly the room changes, the atmosphere changes, there's a thickness to the room. You can't describe it with words, but he is there in a way that he wasn't before. And I'm different I'm changed. I'm more full of love and fear of him and joy. So let's pray together now. Um, I don't know if you want to stand. Let's stand together. And I just want to pray for the glory of the Lord to come and touch us. Because all of us have got a really hard job to do. And we are weak like the shepherds. And 
We need to be like the shepherds, telling people about Jesus, the good news. But first, we can't do that until we've received more of him. We're not effective until we've received more. So, Lord, thank you. You are here. I know you are here. I can sense you are moving in this place. And you promise that you're here. You never leave us. Your spirit is already in us. But we pray, would you send your glory to us afresh? Would you send your glory, Lord? Send your glory. Lord, I envy stories of church history where revivals, where the, the glory of the Lord would fill the room so much that the children would be playing hide and seek in the glory of God because you couldn't see across the room because his glory would be manifested like in Solomon's temple or like, in the trans, like stories in the Bible when the cloud of God would come, his glory. Lord, we pray, come and fill our hearts with your glory. Yeah, Father. Yes, Lord. Come and amaze us with your glory. Yeah. Come, we welcome you. Maybe you just want to say to him, just for a moment, God, I welcome you. Yes, Lord. God, I want to see you more. Mm. I want to experience you more. I've read about you. I know lots of stuff about you, and that's so important, but now I want to experience your glory, your holiness, your beauty like the shepherds. Calm Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Oh Jesus, we welcome you.